therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition so you will not grow weary and lose heart. Sometimes it's moments of brokenness which create the greatest transformations. Times where fear gives birth to faith, pain leads to healing, and chaos dissolves into peace. It's in these times we often see God more clearly. For in our deepest turmoil, He remains faithful. When our spirit is crushed, he remains strong. When our moment is too heavy, He carries the burden. As gold is refined by fire, we too are often refined by struggle. It's part of growing, changing, becoming. Lately, the journey has been difficult. Our breath has been labored. Our steps uneasy, but we stand in faith, knowing who is leading us through this desert, the God of peace, the God of hope, the God of restoration. Thank you for your giving. I ask that you would bow your heads and then we will get right into God's word. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, praise you, love you, appreciate you. God, we ask that you would hide me beneath the cross, that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth. God, let it be all of you, less of me. Let the people be eternally touched and blessed, God. Let no one's coming be in vain. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. With your Bibles in your hands. And repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple. Where we love by living our vision every day. We're going to do, do that again. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple. Where we love. By living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Pastor Andre, feed me this word. Come on, put your hands together this morning. Glory to God. Now, I, I, I don't have my bow tie on, but I am in teach mode today. Something, but based on what, what uh, we've been dealing with is something that I thought would be good for all of us to uh, hear and learn. And I'll, before I give us the uh, scriptures we're going to go to, I'll tell, tell us a little story, a story that's told by a man named Norman Vincent Peale. He wrote something called The Power of Positive Thinking, very familiar book that, that spread 
And uh, a lot of people borrow from those ideas by thinking positive. But he was somewhere, I don't know if he was in Hong Kong, but he was, he was somewhere overseas. And he passed a tattoo shop. And in the tattoo parlor, when you passed the window, they had different placards of things that you can get tattooed on your body. One of them translated into born to lose. Born to lose. And so Norman Vincent Peale, as he's walking by the shop, it's just just him being a positive-minded person. He just couldn't wrap his mind why anybody would want tattooed, born to lose. So he goes into the tattoo parlor, and he asked about the sign. He's like, do people really get this tattooed on their body? And the tattoo man said this, and he's being Chinese. He had uh, broken English, but he said this, the tattoo is on their mind long before it's on their body. So uh, the only reason why they would put born to lose on their body, because in their mind, they already think of themselves as a loser. And so the question that I have, and, and we'll get into it after we read these few scriptures, is what is tattooed on the core of who you are? The deepest part of who you are, what do you really believe about you? Because how you function in life is based on how you really feel about you on the inside. We can dress it up on the outside, but your life will follow how you really feel on the inside. So let's, let's look at Proverbs 27 and 19. It says, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. The way water is like a mirror and reflects the face, your life reflects the heart. Sometimes we wonder why people make the decisions they make in the life. It's because of the matters of their heart. You take a young girl who will consistently get in relationships and allow herself to be beat upside the head year in and year out. It, it's not always that she's a bad person. There's something wrong with her heart. In her heart, she doesn't feel like she deserves better. So her life follows her heart. Let's, let's look at this scripture, Proverbs 23, 7a. And it is, uh, it's actually taken out of context the way we say it. But I still will quote it the way we think of it because it makes a lot of sense. It says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. What, what, whatever you think of you in your heart, that's how your life is going to line up. If you think you're the biggest loser on the inside, you will function like the biggest loser on the outside. If you think you're no good on the inside... You will function like you're no good on the outside. So that leads me to this question that I want to pose to you, and it's simply this, what's in your heart? Uh, don't touch your neighbor. We're still, we still in the pandemic, but, but look over at your neighbor and ask him, what's in your heart? What is in your heart? Because whatever is in your heart will drive the ship of who you are. You can hick them aside on Sunday morning, but if you have fear and doubt in your heart, when you walk out of the doors, you're not going to be able to maintain. So we have to guard our hearts. We got to pay attention to what's in our hearts. And the reason why I came to this is because as, as I was thinking about what we're going through and, and dealing with and trying to remain in faith, I have to be very careful what's in my heart. So someone told me that on Facebook, they already had my father dead. I didn't have time to be angry because I'm trying to fight for his life. So I could have been all upset and want to go off on somebody, but I don't have time to go off. I got to stay in faith. I got to stay focused. I got to stay locked in. So I can't allow anger in my heart. I can't, I, in my mind, I just said, they don't understand. They don't know. I can't allow that in my heart because I'm working on something. When you're standing in faith and you're believing for a miracle, you, the matters of your heart are, are, are totally important. 
When your marriage is in shambles and you're believing that God is going to turn it around, you, you, you can't watch everything. You can't, can't look at everything. You can't watch The Bachelor because The Bachelor is somebody dating everybody, trying to find out who they're going to be with, and you trying to struggle with the one you got. You can't let everything in your heart because it'll affect what you're working on. So the matters of your heart are vitally important. What's in your heart? What if you allow, and, and, and the worst part about it is whatever's in your heart is what you've allowed. Darlene, you can blame Donald, but at the end of the day, what's in your heart, that's Darlene's fault. Tyrena, you can blame the pastor, but at the end of the day, what's in your heart, it's your fault. So when I say what's in your heart, I'm talking to us. Online folk, I'm talking to you. What have you allowed in your heart? You know, you know what, uh, Sister Lynn, I'm mad at you, Sister Lynn, because I got cobwebs in my house, and it's your fault. They ain't got nothing to do with Sister Lynn. Them is my spiders and my cobwebs. She ain't got nothing to do with that. that. That's me. So stop blaming other people for what's in your heart. All right, let's, let's uh, give some uh, definitions of heart. Obviously, we're not talking about the ventricle system, the heart that pumps blood in our body. We're talking about heart as it relates to other things. And so these are some definitions that will help us. Number one, the central or innermost part of something. The center or the innermost part of something. The heart, and this is number two, the heart regarded as the center of a person's thoughts and emotions, especially love, compassion, or loyalty. Your emotions, your thoughts, the things that you love, the things that you are loyal to, the things that, 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 that drive you. In other words, it's like your car. Your car is amazing, but it will be no good without a motor, without an engine. It is the motor and the engine that drives the car. What is in your heart drives you. If you're constantly jealous, it's not the folk around you. It's something in your heart. She thinks she's better than me. No, the problem is you think she's better than you because you got an issue in your heart. So we got to get down to the brass tacks, what's in our heart, because as we move into what I told us some time ago, our miracle season, we have to be careful what's in our heart because we can blow it at the worst moment. I had a friend of mine that uh, as, as we conversed and talked over time, it, it dawned on me. Actually, the Lord showed me. I said, your issue is self-sabotage. Every time you get close to moving in a blessing, you do something to mess it up every single time. Because the way they grew up, they had such a rough life, it's still in their heart. Now, now God's blessing them in this day and age, but in their heart, they're still the kid from a long time ago that got molested and the kid from a long time ago that mama walked out on and the kid from a long time ago. You got to get that out your heart so that you can move forward. So I got to deal with in my heart. Now, there is a mechanism that I don't understand. Uh, now, I'll explain it this way. I, I don't understand that when my stomach gets hungry, I put something in my mouth. I don't know nothing about the esophagus and the pipes and the swallowing. I don't know nothing about all that. All I know is when my stomach gets hungry, put something in my mouth. Somehow, my mouth and my stomach are connected. I know I can look it up, but they're connected. It's the same thing with your mind and your heart. You keep putting stuff in your mind, eventually it's going to get in your heart. They say you can't stop a bird from flying over your head. But you can keep it from making a nest in your hair. In other words, that means you've got to fight things off. You can't stop negative thoughts from coming. You can't stop gossip from happening. But you can stop it from settling in your heart. The issue with uh, Flint water, the reason why the Flint water was so bad, is contamination got into the deepest part of the water. That way it got so deep that it could no longer be filtered out. And when you turn on the faucet, you got 
dirty, impure water because at the core of the system, something was wrong. Uh, the scripture says bitter water and sweet water shouldn't come out the same mouth. Because if it does, there's something wrong with the heart. So we got to work on that. Let's, let's go to some heart synonyms that will help us. Love. That's one of the things we always, we understand love. We are a church that's living our vision every day. We understand that. Love and affection, emotions, feelings, sentiments, soul, mind, concern. I like this. Humanity, essence, substance, core, and spirit. You ever met somebody that looks good on the outside, but they got a bad spirit? It's just whenever I get around you, it does something to me. They got something going on in their heart. And I, I don't care how saved they are. I don't care how long they've been to church. You can't hang around somebody with a bad spirit because it will affect your heart. It's more contagious than the coronavirus. See, for the coronavirus, I can put a mask on. But I can't block some of the spirits coming out of your heart. So even though I love you, sometimes I have to distance myself from people because it's something in the core of who you are. Your spirit is wrong. Have you ever, you ever been around someone that nothing ever is right? Ever. I mean, you, you, you go out to eat with them and the water's wrong. The salad's wrong. The bread is wrong. The butter is wrong. The knife is too cold. The fork is too warm. And like, like, Maybe it's not the restaurant. Maybe it's you. I, I understand a restaurant having an off day, but you ever just met a complaining person when everything is wrong? Those people have matters of the heart. And the problem is there's a lot of church folk. And the reason why a lot of people don't want to come to church because people in church, their spirits are bad. Their hearts are bad. And yes, they can hide it with a wave. They can hide it with a shout. But when you get to do life with people, you find out some people just got messed up hearts. So we got to be careful not to let that be us. So how are we going to do that? Let's start with this verse. And then we're going to teach. That, that, that was just the uh, chips and salsa. That was just an appetizer to set it up. I hope y'all enjoy, enjoyed that. But let's get to the meat of this a little bit. Proverbs 4.23 Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. The King James says, from the heart flows the issues of life and the core of who you are. So that means we have to guard the heart. So what that means is the heart or the spirit or the core of who you are won't guard itself. You have to be proactive. The problem with a lot of us, we are reactive. We wait till something happens and then we react. But when you're proactive, you guard yourself. The older you get, there's a question you ask yourself when people invite you, who are going to be there? It used to be, I'll go anywhere, but I need to know who's going to be there, what they're going to be doing, what the agenda is, because my heart is too precious to be any and everywhere in this day and age. I, I need to know what's going on. Who, who going to be there? What's the agenda? What's the mindset? Because as a kingdom man or a kingdom woman, I just can't leave things up to chance. I can't just move through life. I got an enemy that's trying to ruin my life. I need to know what is going on. And the devil may like you, 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 but he don't like me. So I can't hang with you, you, and you, because when I hang with you, you, and you, he going to attack me. You ever wonder why you the only one got attacked? You the only one went through? Because the devil is after you. He got the other folk. He don't need them. He needs you. So he needs you to hang out with them so he can get you. I need to know what's going on. I got to guard my heart. Now, I... I made this statement, and I've told y'all before, but I, I, I will say it again and apologize again. One thing I love about my father, my grandfather, Bishop Clark and them, I never once in my life heard them cuss. Never once. I ain't never heard my daddy cuss. Never heard my mama cuss. Never heard my grandma, grandpa, Bishop Clark, Mother Clark. Never heard them cuss. But my kids done heard me cuss. 
I apologize, saints. I, we, was, we were in Chick-fil-A, and they, we were in the drive-thru, and they gave us the large fry that we ordered, and I got the large fry, and I handed it to Draylen. Draylen grabbed it and just dropped it. Fries everywhere. I was hungry. And I meant to say, what in the heck are you doing? That's what I meant to say, but that ain't what I said. I ain't talking about hell and heaven. I said it the other way. And Draylen looked at me like, what? Well, 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 here's, here's the thing. And I could tell you worse examples, but, but, but here's the thing. We, we, we watch Netflix. We watch HBO Max. We, 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 we don't say, folks, we, we don't have to just listen to church music and gospel music. We can listen to other stuff. But when you listen to other things and you are around other things and are entertained by other things, some of those other things get in your spirit. I'm not saying we got to go back to the old days. You can't go nowhere. I don't want you to have to live a boring life. You can go places, but on your job, they cuss. Your mama and them cuss. It, so sometimes you have to detox because there's some stuff in you that you don't want to remain. So it's not about your salvation. It's about your wisdom. Now, I did the proper thing. I apologize to my sons and sometimes we laugh about it later. And Draylon with his comedic self, sometimes when we get into the line, he'll look at me and say, you going to say a bad word today? I'm like, leave me alone. But the idea is we are doing church differently than the old church did. The old church, all they did is keep you in church all day long. We do church and say that life is out there. But when you do life with other people, you have to protect your heart. Guess what, married folk? It's some single folk that find you attractive. It's okay to talk to single folk. I'm not saying you, you can't have a friend of the opposite sex, but you have to know that some people believe misery needs company. So if I'm single, I need you to be single. So I'll break up your happy thing. So it's up to you to guard your heart. It's up to you to guard your marriage. It's up to you to guard your business. You, you, you'll have people who will talk down your business, but it's up to you to guard and protect what is yours. Now, if my car gets stolen and I left the doors unlocked, the windows down, and the keys in the car, I can call the police and they are going to look for the culprit, but they're still going to say, that was on you. Because why didn't you lock the door? Why didn't you roll the window up? And why did you leave the keys in the car? So what you went through could have been avoided, but you didn't protect it. Protect your heart for all of the issues of life flow from there. So let's, let's go to uh, point A. And under each point, we'll have some subpoints. We're only going to have two points and then subpoints under them. A, here's the, the lesson, what to keep out of your heart. There's a lot of things we could talk about, but let's deal with what to keep out of your heart. Let's, let's start there. That will help us. Let's look at Proverbs 4.24. When it says, guard your heart, that was Proverbs 4.23. Let's look at 4.24. What I love about the Bible, it just doesn't tell you a command. It tells you how to do the command. Back in the day when I was growing up, they would just say, don't have sex. But they didn't tell us how not to. So I like a church that would tell you how. So... Uh, in order to what to keep out of our heart, let's look at Proverbs 4.24. It says this, keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. So there's a connection not just between your lips and your stomach and not just between your mind and your heart, but there's a connection between your lips and your heart. And so the scripture says, keep your lips from perversity. And this just does not mean cussing and cursing, but it means negative talk. Sometimes the most negative person in your life is the person you look at in the mirror. You don't need nobody else to lie on you. You don't need nobody else to stab you in the back. You do a good job enough talking about your own self. Who I'm too fat. Ooh, I'm so old. Ooh, my hairline's so far back. Can you pick something that's going right in your life? 
Yes, you're a little bigger. Yes, you're older. Yes, your hairline is, is far back, but you're smart. What, 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 what do they say? You is kind. You is smart. You is important. And one thing you'll learn in life, you better celebrate you because there's not a whole lot of folk that will celebrate you. You better learn to celebrate you. Yes, I've been through hell, but I'm still standing. I, I'm still here. I still got the activity of my limbs. My mind still works. Instead of me complaining, I'm going to praise God that I, I'm still here. I, I made it out. God, God brought me over. So keep negative stuff out of your mouth. When, when somebody tells you, 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 Sister Trish, you look nice today. Oh, this old raggedy thing, I, I got it from the goodwill. Maybe you did, but you ain't got to tell everybody. They're complimenting you on what you look like. Learn how to just accept the compliment. The Lord's been blessing me lately, and he's been blessing me financially, and I'm not in the place where I have been in a need. I had been in a place in my life where I was living check to check. I'm not in that place now, but people still keep cash apping me. And guess what? They, somebody said, what's your cash app? And I used to say, I don't need anything because I don't. But God is not working on my needs. He's trying to do more than what I need. So guess what? I'll tell you my cash app because bring it on. Whatever God has for me, I'll, I'll want it. I didn't live low too long. I didn't apologize too long. I'm ready to be blessed. God, the devil done fought me too long. I want what belongs to me. What God has for me. It is for me. I feel like teaching, but I threw a little preaching there just, just so you don't fall asleep on me. Let's, let's go to our first point that, that lines up with this. Any negative talk that turns us away from God's purpose in our lives, we got to keep out. Once God has worked with you and uh, developed you and dealt with you, and you know God's purpose in your life. In other words, if God says, and put the camera on me, please. If God says, I'm going to bless you, then anything that's opposite of the blessing, you can't let it in. If God says, I'm going to heal you, anything outside of that, you cannot accept it. Now, I understand there is something called facts. And facts are facts, but facts aren't always the truth. The fact is, my daddy is laying in a bed with a tube in his mouth. But the truth is, by his stripes, he is healed. You can focus on the fact. Or you can look at the truth. I deserve and I plan to look at the truth. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. His report says I am free. His report says I am healed. His report says I am blessed. His report says I'm the head and not the tail. I choose to believe that. So anything... Negative outside of that, I cannot let it in my heart. Now, will it come to my mind? Yes. Do you have to think about it sometimes? Yes. But I don't have to let it set up in my heart. If my daddy goes, I know where he's going. So I'm not focused on heaven. I'm focused on him coming back through those doors. That's, that's what I'm working on. And anybody saying anything else, I'm not mad at you, but I won't let that in my heart. Well, 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 well what, if, what if something else happens? Well, well, God can do what he wants. But right now, while he's still living, I'm believing for a miracle. I'm pressing for a miracle. And I don't want no negative news around me. Because I'm working on something. Now, now, now here's what I got to say to some of us. Many times you let other people talk you out of what God has said. God told you, I'm going to turn your marriage around. And somebody says, just leave that joker. He ain't no good. And the reason why they say leave that joker because they want that joker. So listen, don't allow negative news. I don't want no negative news. I don't want no negative people. 
And sometimes you got to turn CNN off. Sometimes shut it off. I don't need all that in my spirit. I don't care what Biden and Trump is doing. I'm working on being the best thing that God has called for me to be. So I got to keep some stuff out of my heart. That means some family members. You got to put on uh, DND. What is that? Do not disturb. Put your phone on. Do not disturb. Don't don't answer. Uh, uh, Pastor, I was trying to call you. Oh, God bless you. Yeah, I seen it, but you too negative for me to be answering that, that right now. I don't I don't need all that junk in my heart. So let's put the point back up there and read it again. Any negative talk that turns us away from God's purpose in our lives, we got to keep it out of our heart. Let's look at Proverbs 4.25. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. This leads us almost back to our previous uh, series, the Don't Lose series that started off with Lady Devon. Let's uh, put up point number two under A. Anything that causes us to lose our focus or our footing. Those were two messages within the Don't Lose series. It was don't lose your focus, don't lose your fight, Don't lose your footing and don't lose your fire. But here I want to lift out both our focus and our footing. And now let's look at verse 26. Give careful thought to the past for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Proverbs 4.27. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. It tells, now, now the scripture says that we can pray, Lord, deliver me not into evil and keep me from temptation. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to do some work to keep your foot from evil. So I, I had a pastor friend and, and many uh, pastors that I've been talking to across the country. They're asking this question is, will we re- ever return back to normal when it comes back to church? Most of us have understood that that church will never be the same again. We, the old idea church, we got to give it up. But one of my good friends made this comment. He said, if they can go to the sale, they can go to the restaurant, they can go to the mall, they can come to church too. My, my response was, and, and another pastor asked me what, what do I think, and my response was, I don't want to see you posting pictures at the club and tell me you're afraid to come to church. If you can bump and grind in the club, you can bring your hind end to church too. But, but here's the thing. People like to use excuses because at the end of the day, they don't want their foot in something that's going to benefit them. They really want their feet in something that's evil, and then they want us to pray them out of all the evil. No, you need to start making some steps in line with what you say you believe. If God is in your heart, you need to start making some steps toward God. Now, I I did mention I do know someone who is afraid to come back to church, but they're afraid to go everywhere. I, I appreciate that because they only go to that which is necessary. Their body is immunocompromised, and so they don't feel like they should be in the church setting, but they don't go anywhere. I, I, I can appreciate that. Don't tell me you are afraid to come to church and you can be anywhere else. You've been at Kings Island. You've been in Miami. You've been everywhere. Everywhere something open up, you've been there but the house of God. Something's wrong with your heart. All right. That, I ain't talking to y'all because y'all here. I just, I'm just letting y'all listen to that. All right. Let's, let's go to number three. Anything that makes us impure. We got to keep it out. We need to keep negative talk out. We got to keep out the idea of losing our footing and our focus, but also anything that makes us impure. And here's, here's the connotation. Here's the reason. Matthew 5, 8 says this, and this is why it's so vitally important. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Let me tell y'all, I love all of y'all. But at the end of the day, Sister Trish, I'm trying to see God. So if you're going to cause me to be so impure that I'm going to miss seeing God, I don't love you that much. 
I don't want you that much. I, I don't want to be around you so much that you can cause me to be so impure that I will lose out on seeing God. You are not that cute. You're not that important. You are not that grand to make me miss seeing God. Because it's the pure in heart that's going to see God. Now, 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 let me say this. That pure in heart doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. Doesn't mean you won't have temptations. But what it means is that when something gets in your heart, you want to get it out as soon as possible. I, I, I don't like Christians who can stay in impurity, be comfortable, and don't want you to say nothing to them about it. it those kind of Christians, they, they, they irritate me because the God that I serve, I know he whoops on the folks that he loves. Now, if I'm your pastor and God whoops on me, I know he's going to whoop on you. So if you can do anything you want to do and you call yourself saved and it's okay, you have no conviction, no sorrow, you don't want to repent, you don't want nobody to talk to you, you're rebellious, you got an attitude, something's wrong with your heart. Lady Devon is an awesome woman of God. She's, um, yeah, we can clap for that. There's a lot of things she does around the house. There's a lot of things she does in the community. But let a mouse come up in our house. <laughs> Lady Devon functions totally different. She wants the mouse gone, and she wants it gone right away. And if she can't get it to go right away, she will leave. And tell me, Andre, get that thing out my house. I can't sleep with it in my house. I can't I can't eat. I can't watch Netflix with it in my house. I want the mouse gone. You got to be the same way as Lady Devin when impurity comes in your heart. I want it out. God purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me. I shall be watered. And so, God, I don't want to stay like this. God, I don't want to live like this. God, I don't want to die like this. God, I can do better. God, help me. God, God, encourage me. God, forgive me. God, I repent. If you don't pray prayers like that, something's wrong with your heart. Because we've all been into some impure things and got into some impure ways. But that's not the problem. The problem is when you're comfortable in it. The problem is when you relax in it, that becomes the issue. All right, that leads us to our second point. That, that tells us everything we need to keep out. Now, I didn't tell us everything. There's so many things we need to keep out. I just lifted out those three things. Let, let's, let's recap them. Negative talk. We're going to get rid of the negative talk. with Anything that's going to make us lose our focus and our footing. And at the end of the day, anything that is so impure, it'll cause us to miss God. Those are just some simple things. Let's put up B. What to allow in your heart. I didn't want to stay too much on what to keep out because I know y'all some perfect saints. Y'all ain't never made a mistake in your life. So I'm going to talk to y'all on what should we allow in our heart? What, what, what are the type of things that we should put in our heart? Now, as it relates to our health, there are certain things we should put in our body. And the way we were raised coming from the, the slave mentality, sometimes we were, we were raised to eat the lowest of the lowest. So sometimes our appetite is still that way. We want the ham hocks. We want the greens, the cornbread. But as you grow, you learn there's certain things you need to put in your body. But when it relates to your spirituality, your spirit, there are certain things you need to be putting in your heart so that you can function well. Let's look at Proverbs 5.1. Let's make it very simple for us. Proverbs 5.1 says this, My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Turn your ear to my words of insight. That's what y'all do. Y'all not just coming so y'all can see the pastor. You're not just coming so you can give money. We appreciate you giving money. But when's the last time I taught on tithing, taught on offering? I, I don't need to teach on it because y'all focus. The reason why y'all come is because y'all want the word of God. The word of God will change your life. One word of God can revolutionize your life. 
And you have made it a priority. Those of you who are in the building as well as those who are online, you've made it a priority. I got to have the word in my life. I need the word of God in my heart. Listen, I can have a lot of stuff. I, I want a house. I want a car. I want clothes. I want food. But at the end of the day, I got to have the word of God. He was the word made flesh. I, I need Jesus in the form of his word. And I just don't want a sermon that's going to make me happy. I don't want you just getting up here saying a bunch of junk. Pastor Andre, feed me this word. So that's why when we do our confession, I always end it with preach this word or feed me this word. Because at the end of the day, it's not about the building. It's not about the preacher. It's about God's word. The Bible said heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall remain. That, that means he's actually going to create a new heaven and a new earth based on the same word. The Bible says the worlds were framed by the word of God. There's nothing more important in life than God's word. So pay attention to it. Turn your ear to it. Give focus to it. Prioritize it and not just on Sunday morning. And not just me doing it, giving it, and feeding to you. You need to eat on your own. If you eat on Sunday and you eat on Wednesday, some folk only eat on Sunday anyway. They don't care nothing about Wednesday. Dylan was nothing but about five or six years old. And he said, why is it that Sunday always got more people and Wednesday don't have nobody? I said, that's just the way church folk act. Because I, I, I want the music and I want the shouting. But if you sit down and just teach me something, and there ain't no music, ain't no hollering, ain't no shouting, eh, I'm, I'm too busy for that. Listen, you need to eat God's word. All right, let, let's put the first point under, under that, the first sub point. God's word, which is God's wisdom. The reason why we want God's word, God's word is several things. God's word is his equipment. God's word is his, his anointing. God's word is his covering. God's word is his protection. I can tell you many things about God's word, but at the end of the day, God's word is God's wisdom. And we live in a crazy time. This decade came in with a bang. I'm telling you, 2020 came in with a bang. And I know we've heard all our life that, that time is winding up. But listen, man, life is crazy. And we need God's wisdom. But guess what? In a pandemic, somebody's still becoming a millionaire. So how come all the evil folk can get it and we ain't got none of it? No, I want the wisdom of God. I, I, I want the wisdom of God on how to keep my marriage together. Me and Devin in March will be married 22 years. But guess what? Guess what? Don't, don't, don't clap just yet. That's amazing. But guess what? There are people who have given up after 30 years. 35 years, 36 years, and walked away. Just because you done done it 20 years don't mean nothing. We are in a season that you better put your face and you need the wisdom of God. Devin can wake up one morning and leave all of us behind because some people have done that. They just have so much pressure, so much stress. They wake up one morning and give it up. There are pastors. There were there was a couple pastors not too long ago that came for Sunday school, went in their office and blew their head off in the office. And the folk in the church was waiting for church to start and the pastor was gone because the pressure was too great. We need God's wisdom. I am not too far from my mind snapping, my mind cracking. I need God's word because I need God's wisdom because this life is a booger and life comes at us fast and the devil is trying to take us down but guess what Our, the song came up to me that we used to sing said no ground I'm giving up no ground. We got a cause we're fighting for. And devil, we're not going to take anymore. No ground. Absolutely, positively, glory bound. We're not giving up no ground. In order to do that, I need God's wisdom. I, I, you need God's wisdom to know when to leave your house. Well, I was going to leave 30 minutes ago. No, and God says, no, leave now. And accidents happen. You realize why you need God's wisdom. I'll give you an example. Even, even Now, we don't want to get super deep and spooky, but even when it relates to our clothes, my, my, my grandfather tells a story how he was invited to come, I believe, to go to Memphis to this certain convention. And he wasn't a part of the group, but he was invited. And he got ready to pull out his blue suit, and the Holy Spirit said, no, get a black suit. Yeah. He was like, okay, whatever. 
He packed a black suit. When he got there on that night, all the men were in black suits. All the preachers were in black suits. If he would have wore his blue suit, he would have stuck out like a sore thumb. But the wisdom of God told him what to do, when to do, how to do. And we're in a season where we need God's wisdom. I thank God for Google and Safari, but I need the wisdom of God. All right, that's enough of that. I can tell you all kinds of stories where God's wisdom has bailed me, literally bailed me out. Let, 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 me, let me tell you a little more comical, a little more comical one. I, I, I remember being, uh, some, somebody said it this way. They said, good workers are hard to find. That's why I hide when I go to my job. I'm a good worker and I'm going to hide. Well, the way, the way my job works, sometimes I can do a certain thing and I can disappear for a while before they need me again. But I always got to be on call. So sometimes your pastor will hide. I, I, I ain't trying to be lazy, but you know, sometimes you just out of sight, out of mind. I remember being in my little hole, my little corner, and immediately I've heard God say, get up and go such and such a place or go in that direction. I go in that direction and the big wigs were in town and they were coming to talk to me to what to do an audit. And it looked like I was on my job on top of things. It didn't look like I had just woke up and I was in the back in the corner because God gave me some wisdom. Get up and move right now. Not only that, the previous day before, we have these boards, and I just started looking at them. I was like, I really don't know enough about this. And I just started looking at the board. Guess what? Everything they quizzed me on was all what was on the board, but the wisdom of God. And the, the lady who was, she, so I have a boss, my boss has a boss, and my boss's boss, it was that person said, you're one of the best interviews we ever had. I'm like, God, you're so good because I was asleep 30 minutes ago. But the wisdom of God, and that comes from his word. Now, I'm not at, if, you don't, if you have a job where you need to be where you need to be, don't, don't, don't try to say the pastor said you can hide. That's not the point. All right, let's, let's look at Proverbs 4 and 20. You know what? I, I was waiting for my mother to read. I forgot I was supposed to read. Proverbs 4 and 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Verse 21, do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. So not only do we have to guard our heart from stuff coming in, we have to keep what's already in there and keep it protected. See, a safe in your house is not to stop stuff from getting in. It's to stop stuff from getting out. So keep the word in your heart. Let's look at verse 22. Here's the reason why. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's body. Here's what you have to understand. Once sickness does come on your body, the big stuff, and it hits you, and you get diagnosed with stuff, it's hard to run and find scriptures. You need to have healing scriptures already on the inside of you. When I've been praying for my daddy, I don't have to go get a concordance. I already have healing word on the inside of me to pray over him because I protect it and I keep it in there. Let's continue to read. Let's go to Proverbs 2.1. Says, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, store them up in you. Verse two, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. So you have to turn your ear to it, but then you have to apply. Here's the problem with a lot of church folk. We like to get happy about it, but then we don't go out there and apply it. You, you, you take a mega church, and we are a mega ministry, but our building and our parking lot is not mega yet. But you take a parking lot, that is a mega ministry, they'll have awesome church and be fighting out there in the parking lot. Because you, you pulled in front of me. I mean, they, they literally be fussing because they, they don't have the mindset to make application. What a lot of church people are, are, are like is like a great huddle. The quarterback gets in the huddle and says, Tommy, you go and you cut left. Doug, you cut right and, and, and will you block and, and, and this is what we're going to do. But then when the ball is snapped, snap, don't nobody do nothing. 
The ball gets fumbled and the team go the other way. I'm tired of getting excited in the huddle and not being able to execute. So we have to hold the word in us, but we have to apply it and make application. That's why sometimes when I preach, I just try to get practical. Because at the end of the day, we got to go out there and live it. Let's look at verse 9. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path, you'll know what path to take. You'll know what path is good. Because here's the problem in life. Some paths look identical. I got two men that like me. I can go either way. You need the wisdom of God. One of them might be a fool and one of them might be a king. Or both of them could be a fool. You don't know. You need to move slow. Move with the wisdom of God. That's why you don't need to be in the back, in the dark, swapping spit and licking all over folk. You need to be figuring out, can I live with you the rest of my life? Now, don't look at me. I'm, I've been married 20-something years. I can lick and do what I want to do. But for you, you got to make sure that your path is right. Let let. Let me jump off of that for just a second. Let, let me, let me uh, do it this way. A lot of people have told me I just got to leave Muncie in order to make it. I got to go. So, Pastor, I'm accepting a job over there, and two months later, they back in Muncie. But now they don't have an apartment because they gave up the apartment, don't have a job because they gave up a job. But they, they would just got caught up in the moment and didn't figure out what is the good path. And you need God's wisdom to know what path you need to be on. Because not all paths lead to destiny and blessing and godliness. Some paths will take you years to unwind from. There are people sitting in jail cells right now because they chose the wrong path in the wrong moment. All right, let's move to verse 10. For wisdom will enter where your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. The reason why we give ourselves over to God's word is because God's word brings God's wisdom and his wisdom enters our heart. While you are sitting here listening to me and giving me your ear, wisdom is entering into your heart. And you may not know it, but when you get out there and when you need it most, wisdom will come up for you because you gave ear to the word of God. Verse 11, it, it, this will even uh, explain it more. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Discretion and discernment. You can be in a situation and just decide to move at the right time. There were people on 9-11, September 11, 2001, that woke up and just felt, I'm not going to work today. I don't know if I have vacation. I don't know, but something in me says it's not time to work. And they missed the disaster. They would have been dead, but wisdom rose up for them in the right and correct moment. Somebody say wisdom for the moment. Psalms 119 and 11. This is very familiar. This will help us. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Now, now we, we, we make mistakes, but to consistently and continually sin, the way to get away from that is to put God's word in our hearts. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you, you sometimes will make mistakes, but after a while, you get tired of falling over the same stuff. I got tired of falling over the okey-doke. I, I got tired of doing the same stuff. I, I've had seven babies out of wedlock. I don't want an eighth. I'm getting ready to do something different. I'm trying to change and adjust. And so I'm putting God's word in my heart. I'm actually hiding it in my heart and protecting it so I may not sin. Here, here's another thing, point uh, two. Under what to allow in our heart, we need to allow God's mercy and truth. Let's read this scripture, Proverbs 3.3. 3. It says, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them around your neck. This is very key. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Your heart is like a tablet and things can be written on your heart. So if you allow negativity on your heart, then negativity is imprinted, written on your heart. Just like the tattoo person when he says the tattoo was in the mind or in the heart long before it was on the body. The reason why they would pick born to lose because they had a, a losing mentality and a losing heart because your heart is like a tablet. 
Here's something that the Bible says. It says man looks on the outer appearance, but God looks on the heart. So what's written on the heart? My armor bearer. You, 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 I, no, I'm, I'm just using this as an example. This isn't true. But you may stand beside me and say you love me, but in your heart you say, I can't stand Pastor Andre. Well, guess what? God going to see it. He sees what's written on your heart. And thank God for the blood of Jesus, which is a eraser. Because I done wrote some bad stuff on my heart. But I got to erase some of that stuff because I don't want God looking at my heart and seeing a whole bunch of junk. I want him to see purity in my heart. All right, verse 4. And, that, and that, here's the key. We always want to cry and holler favor. But here's the key. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. When you have the right stuff on your heart, that's when you get favor. Stop getting mad because other people get more favor than you. They got a better heart than you do. Just that simple. If, if I have a window air conditioner and it's 90 degrees, and you have central air conditioner, and it's 90 degrees, I can't get mad at you because your house feels cooler than mine. Because you have air at the center, and it goes everywhere. I just got air in the corner. And here's the thing. When your heart is not the center of goodness, and only a piece of your heart is good, don't get mad at Steve-O and Sandra because they got blessed, and you didn't get blessed. They got God at the center you got God on the shelf. Y'all both saved. I ain't saying y'all both ain't saved, but one of y'all are walking in it. The other y'all are playing with it. The Bible says of Jabez, it says Jabez was more honorable than his brother. That's why he was able to say, enlarge my territory because he had honor in his heart. All right, let's, let's look at number three. And this is our, our last sub point. God's examination. This is what we need to allow into our heart. We need a heart x-ray, but we need it from God. And here's the reason why. Psalms 26, 2, the psalmist says this, Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. In other words, I'm not okay because everybody else thinks, oh, he's an amazing pastor. He's so anointed. He's so this. He's so that. At the end of the day, God just keep looking at me. Because I don't want nothing to set up in me that's going to rob me from being with you. At the end of the day, it's not about pastoring. It's not about wearing suits and y'all thinking I'm amazing and me being anointed. At the end of the day, God, are you pleased with me? I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. So in order to do that, sometimes, even when I think I'm okay, I got to say, God, check me. God, test me. God examined me. And let me be honest, sometimes I don't like praying that prayer because he always finds something. I, I think I, I done prayed, I done fasted, I think I'm okay. But when I really let God get his magnifying glass, he finds something. But guess what? I just got to be humble and say, God, work on me. Yeah, 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 my wife may not know about it. My pastor and, and my bishop may not know about it, but God, me and you know about it. So work on me. God, don't let me fall. Don't, I don't want to be a shooting star. I don't want to rise high and come crashing down. Some of our greatest people, greatest talents, like the Michael Jacksons, the Princes, and the Whitney Houston's, they all had something that ultimately robbed them. They were great, awesome. I'm not saying they didn't make it to heaven, but sometimes it's the small foxes. That destroy the vine. The little stuff. God, help me with the little stuff. I've been waking up on the wrong side of the bed all year long. So something's wrong with my heart. It, it ain't everybody else. It's me. It, I, I just woke up. Nobody else did anything to me. I'm mad for no reason. God, why am I so angry? Sometimes you find out you have hurt that you haven't healed from. And it's set up in your heart. And you're taking it out on everybody else. But at the end of the day, say, God, work on me. Let's look at Jeremiah 17, 9. And this is the reason why you need to do that. Because the scripture says, the heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked, who can know it? That means that the heart will trick you. You'll feel like you're ready to crack heaven's gates open. And you'll figure out that you really ain't worth a dime without the help of God. You know what? I, I make this confession it doesn't sound like a positive 
confession. It sounds negative, but I make it positive. I say, Andre, you ain't worth a dime without God. In other words, I'm reminding myself, if you ever get away from God, you're not worth anything to anybody. You're not a good father. You're not a good husband. You're not a good pastor. You're not a good worker. You're not a good person. And the better way to say it is the way they used to sing it. I'm like a ship without a sail. Without him, I could do nothing. Stop thinking you can do stuff in your own energy. You need God every moment, every second, every minute, every hour. You need the Lord. Because the heart is deceitful. It'll trick you. It'll trick you into relationship. It'll trick you into addictions. It'll trick you to saying stuff you shouldn't say. It'll trick you to lying on folks. Have you ever lied on somebody and didn't know you lied on somebody? You got wrong information and spread wrong information and now you're lying on folks. But God would have stopped you if you would have slowed down and listened and allowed him to examine your heart. The reason why you spread that because at the end of the day you really don't like them. So you want it to be true. You wanted Tommy to get fired from the job because you mad Tommy got the job that you wanted. So that's really why you spread it. But sometimes God can stop all of that just by you laying yourself bare and say, God, work on me. Jeremiah 17, 10. I, the Lord, search the heart. I tried the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to his doings. Now, I don't want to end like that. I want to end on a much more positive note, just like David did. He made a difference with his heart. His heart was messed up. The prophet Nathan said, you are the man. You the, you the one. It ain't nobody else. You the one acting a fool. Doug is you. It ain't Chris. It ain't Jaden. Doug is you. I'm just using that as an example. Andre, it's you. It ain't, it, it, it ain't your mom and them. It's you. You're the problem. What happens when God says you're the problem? Here's, here's the thing what David said in Psalms 51. Let's read this, and this is how we close. Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Even if my heart is jacked up and it's deceitful and it's messed up and I've allowed a bunch of junk in there, I can turn to God and say, God created me a clean heart. That means reach down in my dirty heart and create a clean heart. Wash my heart. Put my heart in the dishwasher and bleach it and soap it and clean me up and, and cleanse me up and wash me wider than snow. Put the camera back on me. I don't just come to church to hear God's word. I come to church so God's word can get in my heart. And even when I got lust in my heart, he can create a new heart. When I got envy and jealousy in my heart, he can create a new heart. Everybody that God used in the Old Testament, none of them were worth a dime. Noah was a drunk. Moses was scared. Abraham messed up. But God turned it all the way around. And I'm here to let you know, Andre's no good, but I got a clean heart. Every morning, God can give me a clean heart. Great is thy faithfulness. His mercies are new every single morning. You don't have to quit. Just say, God, clean me up. Fix me up, God. Make me over, God. Lord, make me over. Make me over again. Give me another chance. I'll get it right this time. I'll get it right next month. Maybe I'll mess up, but God, I can get it right. If you created me a clean heart and renew or make new my spirit again. I'm closing with this. That's what we need in our heart. Many other things I can say, but this is for anybody who's not saved, and I, I will close by saying this. What you need is to ask God into your heart. You, you, you can't have a clean heart without God in your heart. So if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you've never requested him to come into your heart, if you're in a backslidden condition and, 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 and you don't have God as the Lord of your heart, this is the perfect opportunity to request him into your heart. So let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you. We love you, God, and we honor you. We magnify you. Now, Father God, for anybody under the sound of my voice that has never made Jesus the Lord of their life and never requested his services into their heart, I pray that they would just simply say this prayer. God, 
come into my life, come into my heart, and stay there so that I can be pure and one day I can see you. God, if there's anybody backslidden, let them come back to you. And God, help us to have the matters of our heart right. Because what is in our heart, what's in our heart is God. Come on, let's stand to our feet. And let's praise the Lord in this house. Just want to say God bless you to you. We can do, we, if we get our heart right, we can do this thing. You guys are dismissed. I love you.